Open Kwong Door Media presents Storytime with Paul Door. In each episode, you'll receive a short adrenaline shot of a story straight to the mind, heart, or sometimes the funny bone, wherever that is located. I can hear your voice over the hum. And stay tuned after the story for Paul's Picks, where I indulge you with something I'm reading, watching, or listening to. This week's story, Nosy. When I was in grade five, my teacher made us do an art project. She took an overhead projector. Everybody remembers what those are? Yeah. Yes, good. She shined it on a blank wall that had a piece of white paper t- taped to it. Each student sat facing sideways on a chair between the overhead projector and the wall. So she was going to trace all of our silhouettes on the piece of paper and create a bulletin board of everyone's silhouette. Great. So I sat down in the chair, and then everyone gathered around me in stunned silence. I couldn't see due to the flashing light of the overhead projector. I just heard voices. At first, it was almost with awe. It's so big. (laughs) The ridicule grew from there to kids laughing and pointing and commenting about the unusual size of my nose. (laughs) I'm sure that the scene from the grade five art project was not as extreme as I'm describing. (laughs) However, when you're a kid, certain memories are enhanced become imprinted in your brain, and not only become permanent fixtures, but actually grow with time. And so this began my incredible self-consciousness when it came to the size of my nose. Some feedback I received was that my nose looked okay from the front, (laughs) but once I turned in profile, it was just too much. This feedback came from a kid named Jesse, who one day took me around during recess asking everyone who they liked better, me or him. Since he threatened most of the kids to say that they liked him better, he won the competition by landslide. But I took Jesse's suggestion to heart. I started talking to people straight on instead of turning sideways. When I would meet someone, I would turn to face them straight on, which was a little awkward for both of us. It was around this time, grade five, when I started to figure skate. This did not do well for my already poor social status at school. Because I did not know it at the time, I was not old enough to understand that I lived in a society that was desperately holding on to notions of masculinity and femininity, that teaches boys to become men, that feelings and sensitivity was a negative consequence of participating in a sport where I wore costumes and expressed myself physically through my body. 
a society where when I teach little kids skating now, we still find it necessary to reward little boys with truck stickers and little girls with ballerina stickers. And these little kids project their confusion when they point at me and say, earrings are for girls. Or why are you wearing a pink shirt? And this top-down antiquated system is so firmly entrenched when the President of the United States of America dared to not only show emotion a few weeks ago, but he dared to wipe away some tears and his critics called him a pussy. <laughs> and I might be reaching by comparing the plight of a boy figure skater <laughs> to the president. But the thing is, people just need to get over it. I really loved to skate and I was mostly confused by the names that people called me. And it wasn't until a few years ago when my writing mentor sat me down and said that being sensitive and vulnerable were signs of strength, not weakness. And to me, that guy is one of the manliest men I know. So what I'm trying to say is being a boy figure skater and having a big nose is not a good combination. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of my time skating, but also I actually wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I'm glad that YouTube wasn't a thing yet, and the only footage of me skating exists on some VHS tapes in the basement of my parents' house. A few years ago, I was shooting a film and gave the crew disposable cameras to capture behind-the-scenes pictures. We were using my parents' house in Ottawa, and two of my friends found some of my old skating costumes. They thought it would be a hilarious idea to dress up and take pictures of themselves doing various figure skating poses, only to let me discover them weeks later when I got the film developed. <laughs> those two guys are fathers now, and I still have those photographs. I was mostly a single skater, but did pair skating also for a few years. For those unfamiliar, pair skating is where a male and a female skater perform lifts, jumps, and spins together. And here is where figure skating, an object's moment of angular inertia, the object in this case being an elbow of a young girl, and the size of my nose came together perfectly. We were practicing a double split twist, which is a move where the boy, me, throws the girl up into the air, she spins around twice, and then the boy catches her, puts her down on the ground. The standard rotating position for the girl is with her elbows tucked to her side. I threw my partner up into the air, and she did not have her elbows tucked close to her side. Her elbows, elbows were sticking out, and my nose always sticks out. <laughs> so right before I caught her, as she was coming down, she elbowed me right in the nose. Now, when a figure skater is rotating in the air, 
they are going at speeds of upwards of 80 kilometers an hour. So when, she when her elbow hit me, my nose snapped on impact. I heard a pop, and it immediately started bleeding, as though someone had turned on a faucet. Paraskating is very dangerous, and we were taught to protect each other. If a lift is going down, our instinct is to get the person in the air back to the ice as quickly as possible. I must have gone into some kind of shock because I remember putting her down, but don't remember any pain, just all the blood. I remember standing there on the ice stunned, a parent of another skater leapt over the boards, and I was rushed off the ice. I sat in the emergency room with my parents for five hours. A broken nose looks bad, but it's not life-threatening. I sat quietly trying to stop the bleeding while holding an ice pack to my face. I finally got in to see a doctor, and he came in with a chart, looked at me and said, your nose was straight at one time, right? <laughs> I was really not in the mood for jokes. So he said, we'll come back tomorrow and we'll get that straightened out. My nose used to be straight, but the top part was now about over here. The next day, I returned to the hospital, and I really hope they don't fix broken noses in this archaic way anymore. <laughs> Some of you are ahead of me on this. The surgeon dipped giant cotton balls into anesthesia and stuffed them all the way up my navel cavities. And I laid down, and they brought in two orderlies. The orderlies stood on either side of me, and each grabbed me at my shoulder. The doctor appeared over top of my face and put his fingers on my nose. And you know how they used to fix a broken nose? They broke it back into place very slowly. So when it initially happened, it was fast, like a punch in the face or in this case, an elbow in the face. The doctor proceeded to physically move my nose, and I started screaming. Whatever kind of painkiller they were using, it wasn't working. The orderlies were big men, and I was just a teenager, but they were having, still having a lot of trouble holding me down. I'm sorry. The doctor would move my nose over a bit, stop, have a look at it, then he'd press it over a little bit further, and he'd stop and look at it, and this just seemed to go on forever. Finally, he stepped back and said, that looks good to me. <laughs> they put a cast on my face that covered my, my nose, my forehead, and my cheeks. I'd have to keep this cast on for three days. My parents were not the kind, my parents were the kind who insisted that you go to school no matter what. <laughs> now, how was I going to explain this? It wasn't something I could hide. There was a giant cast on my face. And it didn't happen in a cool way. <laughs> so I found a baseball hat and went to school. I thought looking down and the hat would shield me from all the ridicule. So back when I went to Catholic school, 
we had to take our hats off in class. Now I was in a public school and this rule didn't apply, thankfully, except in geography class. The teacher didn't have a cross hanging on the wall, but she did insist we take our hats off. I went early to the class and asked her if I could have permission to keep my hat on for what I thought was obvious reasons. She graciously agreed. At the beginning of class, she made an announcement. <laughs> usually I ask students to remove their, usually I ask students to remove their hats, but I'm making an exception today with Paul. And she pointed at me and every student turned around to look. So I went through a long time of talking to people straight on, never being in profile. Ridiculous, I know. I mean, my nose is on the front of my face. It's not like I can do anything about it. But I think everyone must have something about their body that they're not happy with. And you grow older, you become more comfortable with yourself. And then along the way, you get into things like this one relationship I was in with someone who adored my nose. She first noticed me because of it. She loved when I burrowed my nose into the crux of her neck. She loved me because of my nose. But if there's one thing I've learned, it's that if I ever break my nose again, no matter how bad it looks, I'm leaving it. Time for Paul's Picks, where I briefly tell you about something I'm reading, watching, or listening to. We needed a miracle. And then we got one. This beautiful and special little creature will be a revolution in the livestock industry. I never thought I'd get all teary-eyed over a story involving a super pig. But then Okja came along. The movie is about a young girl named Mija, who risks everything to rescue her kidnapped best friend Okja, a genetically built animal created by a powerful multinational company. The movie was co-written by a favorite author of mine named John Ronson, and caused some controversy when it was in competition at the Cannes Film Festival without plans to release it theatrically. The film Luddites called foul on producer Netflix, but in my humble opinion, the media landscape is changing fast. Shit or get off the pot. Okja is at times heartwarming and at other times a tension-filmed chase movie. One thing was for sure, I was rooting for Mija and Okja right from the start. Mija. We are animal lovers. Our plan is to expose Miranda, rescue Okja, and bring her back to you. Thank you for listening to Storytime with Paul Dorr, which is brought to you by Open Kwong Door Media and is produced by me and DJ Kwong. The theme music is by the amazingly talented singer-songwriter Arlene Papoulin. Find all things Arlene at arlenepapoulin.com. 
Visit OpenQuangDoor.com and listen to our other show, the Atscaden PJ Podcast. Check out PaulDoor.com to read my blog, get info about my novel, storytelling events, and other things. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate if you leave a comment on iTunes. That's all for now. Until next time, keep listening to each other.